Hey everybody, welcome back to Nerd Geek Dork. It's our podcast where we talk about the nerdy, geeky, dorky side of pop culture. I'm Pete the Retailer, with me as always is L. Adam. Hello. And uh, so this week we have part two of our conversation about Jaws with our guests Anthony and Josh and Kevin. We had so much stuff that we split it into two parts. If you haven't heard part one, you should probably go and listen to that right now. We'll wait. It'll take about 45 minutes or so. Pete's meticulous about timing. Yeah. So go listen to that. If you have already listened to that, then welcome. And uh, and let's just jump right into part two. feel about sharks i love them like like what like i think that's 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 a thing for me like i've always been fascinated by sharks and so this is just sort of part of that and i think it's one of the other reasons the movie's been around uh for, for such a long time is that for, humans are fascinated by sharks we can't get enough of it uh and it's unfortunate this is responsible for a lot of shark deaths i guess but like you know to this day i still you know shark week didn't suck i would totally still watch it yeah. Well, Peter Benchley later on in years said he regretted, you know, yeah. the whole thing, like writing it. He's just like because he became he massive became, like, environmentalist. Big. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, um, well, I'm terrified of most things, but uh, <laughs> I'm terrified of the idea of sharks. It's really, you know, anytime you kind of uh, you know, if I get more than you know in more than six feet of water, as soon as my toes not start to not be able to touch the ground. Then I start panicking and thinking, like, oh, man, I'm going to get eaten by something. A bull shark can get you at two feet, though. Hmm. Well, there you go. Now, now it's just uh, my, my radius. I don't, I don't go in the ocean. I don't like the ocean. I never have. And, and I'm not saying that doesn't have something to do with it, but I really greatly enjoy pools a lot more. When I was, I don't know, eight or nine years ago, they had, um, put, had the only great white shark ever to be kept in captivity at the Monterey Aquarium. And I remember seeing that in the news. And that weekend, like I convinced my 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 wife my wife now girlfriend then to drive up there, and it was like a four or six hour drive to go see that shark, and it, it died like a week and a half later. But yeah, they couldn't they couldn't get it to eat, right? Yeah, and it was tiny, but I totally went up there and we saw it, and I was like, that's rad, you wow. know. And it was. And then did Louis Gossett Jr. realize it was uh, that was the shark's baby? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he sacrificed exactly what his happened. son. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, I, I know. I know. We said we're not going to talk about the sequel. Sorry, sorry. No, it's cool. But can I just want to say how Jaws: The Revenge almost destroyed my sanity? And Kevin, I went to Kevin Geeks out a few years ago, and I wanted to talk about this because it wasn't mentioned. Well, let's talk about it right now. The fact that Jaws: The Revenge has two endings really made me question my my sanity. Like for oh, years, sure. I thought I had made it up in my head. Like, you have one ending where uh, Mario Van Peebles gets eaten by the shark, and that's it. He's dead. And then you have another ending where he gets eaten by the shark, but then at the end he, like, swims back. And he's like, hey, guys, I'm alive. Well, the studio showed it, and um, it was it was just this kind of unclear mess that, like, the shark gets, like, impaled on the front of the boat. Which causes uh, it to it, explode. <laughs> well, no, it, it did not explode. It did not explode. It just kind of, like, sinks the boat. And then uh, Mario Van Peebles dies. 
and test audiences wanted Mario Van Peebles to live, so they had to go back and refilm an ending. And Lance Guest's character even says, the, the Brody kid says, why are you alive? <laughs> like, <laughs> that even like within the movie, they just recognize how absurd it is. So yeah, they, they filmed a separate ending. So the one that came out in theaters and I think played on television uh, had Mario Van Peebles get eaten. But then the home video release, the, the VHS um, and now the DVD, uh, that, that has the recut ending. That's crazy. Where, where the shark blows up upon contact with no explanation, and then Mario Van Peebles is alive. And I think in somewhere there was like, oh man, I, I can't remember now, but there was some, um, there was a voiceover that was written where they try to just explain how the shark made it there. And it was not a character we'd met. It was like a, it was like a voodoo high priest who says <laughs> like, sometimes there be things you can't explain. <laughs> like, it, it's just like the most tacked on awful kind of, way to like call attention to the plot holes in the movie i've I've never seen the revenge i remember seeing i saw three in the theater when i was like eight it scared the crap out of me uh and i saw two later but it was it was like when i was much older and i was like that was awful so i don't acknowledge any of those well you gotta watch the pete the retailer cut it's much better yeah i've heard there's no but there's no shark so right yeah. I've seen yeah. the second one way too many times and I when I was younger and I I think I convinced myself that I should like it so it it you know like this is you know part 2 of the movie that you love so you have to like this you know, Was you it the fourth VHS respect. you ever owned? No, no, no. <laughs> it was and it was $800 for that tape. Right. Yes. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, I've seen the second one way too many times. The fourth one though, I watched that recently and there are a lot of shots that they tried to copy from from the the original movie, like just certain angles and just scenes like the way how they edited the music. Like, I think they were just trying to make Jaws one all over again. It's really weird. Like if you ever watch it again, keep that in mind. And the only character and, in it is, is Ellen Brody, right? She's the only yeah, one. She's, still, she's yeah. the only. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. The son as well. The oldest son, the one who died. She's the, Mrs. Kittner shows up in the fourth film. Yeah. You know, because the two sons are still alive. Cause in Jaws revenge, Jaws three never took place. They just retconned it. It's gone. So the youngest son who did the like face thing in the first movie, he gets his arm bit off in the beginning of the movie. Like he's like patrolling and then the shark drags him underwater and kills him. So then Ellen Brody travels to the Hawaiian island where or wherever the island is where Michael the Bahamas. lives. Yeah, the Bahamas where Michael lives. So the other side of the world. Yeah. And then the shark follows them there. And she goes into super freaked out protective mother mode. It's just like how my mom reacts whenever I get bit by a shark. She gets all crazy. That same and, old tale. And again, it's funny because in the second film, there's there's a character who tells Brody, sharks don't take things personally. <laughs> right. <It's>, they, make, <laughs> they, make, they make a very strong point of that, and they even put that line in the trailer into. But then by the fourth film, it's like, no, no, no. It's it's actually, this is a shark taking things personally. Well, this time. But, which is, again, it's weird that it... Jaws three, it's a female shark who has a child, but we don't we don't really know the relations of the sharks. We need like a uh, we need a family tree. Yeah, family sharks. tree. Why like they would have it? These all the look the same. <laughs> this is at Bruce. one point they wanted the shark from Jaws two to be the shark in Jaws three, and they were going to have it uh, with a big scar, with like a big electrical burn on its face, and then that idea was done away with. And it just, would be like sparking the whole time, like while swimming <laughs> underwater. Just be, are, you know, are, the sequels, 
produced by uh, Zanuck and, and Brown? Like they're the same. Because every time they talk, they, they, there's this underlying thing like they're really happy about the success because they made a lot of money. The fact that it's a good movie, that's fine. Like, huh. that feels like they wanted to keep going back to the well. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if they had anything to do with the sequels. They did because uh, I think the first director who got replaced, he wanted, he wanted uh, Richard Brown to be one of the water skiers. <laughs> And oh. like the the whole thing is a mess, and they're they're they know they're going to fire the director, and the director comes in and tells Brown, "Hey, we want you to be in the movie as a water skier." And he's like, "Not now." <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of going back to the well, how long do you think it'll be before there's a Jaws sequel or remake? I hope they never allow that to no. happen. I know. I hope they don't. But you know that it, Hollywood being Hollywood, it's only um, a matter of time. No, I feel like uh, Sharknado and all the CGI shark movies have kind of changed it. I don't think we can go. It, it's almost like how I think our parents' generations might talk about pre-Kennedy assassination. <laughs> like. <laughs> I sort of feel like you can't go back to an age where it's like, oh, it's about a giant shark that terrorizes town. Oh, and the shark, it's like, it's part uh, octopus. No, no, it's just a giant shark. <laughs> it's I not even that giant. Not yeah. high concept enough. It's Kevin just reminded slow. me that I have Ghost Shark on my DVR. I have there to you watch go, later. Ghost Shark. I just, that just came up in my search. It turns out that uh, they only did the first two and then the others were other people. Mm-hmm. But Joe Alves directed The, the Revenge. Which mm-hmm. was, no, he directed the third one. Oh. Are we sure? I'm sorry. Remember, yeah, the um, revenge falls into weird territory. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, it is the third one after the fact. Yes. Diegetically. Oh. Uh, who's the, the, the fourth one is uh, the guy who directed uh, Taking a Film 123. He's a really good director. Yes. That's the first one. The, the real one, you mean. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. The, the original yeah. one. Um, and what's also fascinating is he directed the sequence in um, – there's an anthology film called Nightmares. Anybody familiar with it? Where – Emilio Estevez gets a uh, fights a video game. It's a great mm-hmm. anthology film. I mean, it's a, a very cheesy eighties movie, but uh, it's made up of like four or five short stories. And one of them is Lance Henriksen is a priest who's out in the desert being chased by a satanic truck. And it's very much uh, kind of a ripoff of duel Duelish. And the guy who directed <laughs> that later went on to direct jaws, the revenge. And I'm like, Oh, so he's kind of like, he did his duel with his underground <laughs> truck in, okay. in the movie Nightmares, and then he went on to direct Jaws the Revenge, so he did his truck Ooh. movie, just like Spielberg. He's uh, the real-life Steven Spielberg's non-union Mexican equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> Steven Spielbergo? Yeah, Spielbergo. So I think, you know, Sharknado and, uh, and you know, Mega Shark, Giant Octopus, whatever, I think that's only throwing more fuel on the fire. I think that's only bringing it closer to the point where we have... Where we have a, uh, a, a Jaws sequel slash remake slash now, whatever. I could buy that they, would, that they would be foolish enough to do a sequel. And I think that they would have to do that first before they would try to remake the first one. But I think it's like The Godfather. Like, I don't think you can do it. Yeah, it's too sacred. I don't sacred. think they will. No, I don't think, I don't so think either. I don't think sacred is it because they, they're godless. But I just think that every time that they'd approach it, they'd be like, it's, it's not going to. Like, they'd almost be smart enough to know it's not going to work. But. I don't know. They remade Psycho. What do I know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think that you know at some point. So it might take a while. It, it might have to be post in a post Spielberg world, which will which will happen eventually. Okay, say this. 
say they make this movie, mm-hmm. right away, gut instinct, do you go see it? No. No. Uh, it's easy for me to say no because I don't see that many. Uh, You'll, I mean, but I, I don't mean go to the movie theater, but like, would you like I, I would I would just go. I'm not watching that. I would I would never watch that movie ever. Like like I didn't watch any of the Batman sequels after Returns, you know, like any of those. Right. Just no. <laughs> it depends. I might see it. I might see it. Yeah, I mean, it I'd depends go with on the friends. cast. I'd it make depends a party on... out of it. I'd go with friends. We'd have a good time. Hmm. We'd see it in 3D. <laughs> you definitely would you know, see it in 3D. Be released, it's going to be in whatever the next 3D is. I also wonder if you may if you if you remade Jaws, would you would you set it in the modern day or would you set it in 1975? Ooh, Ooh. You'd have to do modern day. Mm. You'd never beat it. Oh, modern day. Oh, yeah. You'd never but, beat it at its own game. They, they. I don't know if there's any way that happens. Well, what's going to be different though? I mean, they're just going to have cell phones. Well, you know well, what? Here's the so. thing: you couldn't do it modern day because. It's a, there's a whole other environmental twist to it now that didn't exist then. That's true. And it's easier to track sharks now. <laughs> so here we go. What a chaser in his fin there. <laughs> what about a Jaws prequel? That was the uh, that was the one. The Indianapolis? Yeah, that was the one uh, sequel that Spielberg considered doing was to do the movie of the Indianapolis. Huh. But wow. it's, a, it's a real downer. Yeah. 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 I would watch the hell out of that. Yep, I would. <laughs> I'd be. I'd be first in line to watch Daniel Day Lewis play young Quint. <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis would play a shark, and he'd pull it off really well. He's been underwater for six months. <laughs> he just won't come out. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Don't talk to him. He's method shark right now. <laughs> we haven't even touched upon the music of Jaws yet. I'm. I'm just saying. I love that well, the thing that everybody associates with it is obviously the two notes, but so much of the rest of the score is that that jaunty pirate music. Yeah. yeah. And I like think when the gets, when the barrels are going, yeah. it just yeah. becomes such a lighthearted movie. Oh like oh. <laughs> and it's it, it like you notice it in the movie, but it's when you listen to the score like on its own, you're like, Well, this is pretty peppy actually. I don't, I don't think I realized that. Yeah, it's not really stuff that, that uh I mean, granted, he hasn't had opportunity to that much, but not really stuff that John Williams is kind of known for after that. You know, it's, it's, maybe he needs to do more nautical movies. But, uh, you know, I mean, I think if we can come out of anything, the show with anything, it's that John Williams needs to do more nautical movies. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, that's an accepted fact. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great score. They, they, they repeatedly say that that movie doesn't work without the music. And I think it's absolutely clear that that's true. He's got he's got a way of making movies that should be crappy a lot better than they are. Yeah, that's what I think we can all attest. That is true. That is true. By the way, guys, I'm nodding a lot. (laughs) You're not not getting it. I am nodding throughout all of the praise being heaped upon the people responsible for Jaws. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I heard a thumbs up there. What are what are li- are there lines? Do you do you say Jaws lines in your lives regularly? Oh, yeah. the, the the most popular line I actually had wrong my whole entire life. Oh. Uh, smile, you son of a like. My whole life up until about two years ago, I I actually thought he said fire, you son of a. 
And I, yeah. He's talking to the gun. He's talking to the gun and not the shark. Well, no, my whole reasoning was maybe the gun like was, you know, got water, like um, got water. He got water in the gun or something because he was. Yeah, the boat was sinking. And my whole, like, I, I think when I was a kid, that's what I thought he said. And I just went through my whole life up until two years ago thinking that was the line. And I think, Pete, you were there when I discovered that, right? I was like, wait, what? He said smile? Yeah, I, like, I, I posted a, a photo to Flickr of a uh, like a tractor running over a, like an oxygen tank or something like that. There was some some weird thing. That's that, right. You know, like, yeah, visually just made me think of that scene. And I, I, I titled it uh, Smile, You Son of a... And you're like, wait, <laughs> isn't it fire? And I was like, um, Anthony, there's something I need to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that just got that got me so depressed. Like that whole entire month, I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe!" I felt I was actually embarrassed. <laughs> Should we want to tell him that it's may the force be with you, or <laughs> another time? I uh, I tend to just like change the lines to suit certain situations, like the you know you go in the cage, you know the cage cage goes in the water, sharks in the water. I tend to change that for just various things in life i get that wrong every time i try to say it because i get the order it's like completely out shark goes in the cage cage goes in the water (laughs) hoop is in the water (laughs) our hooper uh, also whenever anyone i know like gets injured or ends up with a cast or they're showing me like stitches or a scar i always you know point to my heart and i like lift up my shirt and i say she broke my i i always make up some girl's name (laughs) <laughs> and never I never want to use a real girl's name in case it gets back to her that, you know, I'm telling people she broke my heart. <laughs> and they've never seen Jaws. I'm like, why does that guy keep showing me his nipple? <laughs> <laughs> why is he wearing a sweater? Exactly. <laughs> 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 uh, I, I find myself using Quint non sequiturs all the time in my life. Somebody says something, I will just start singing. Farewell <laughs> and it is a great kind of, uh, you know, conversation ender without having to make a point. You can just start yeah. singing uh, farewell and adieu to old Spanish ladies. Yeah. <laughs> I also do the, uh, what is it? Uh, I'll, kill, I'll get your shark or is it I, I'll kill your shark? I say it for other things, so I never know the proper way. It's been it's a while. get your shark because then he says catch him and kill him. So it's yeah. not to say kill twice. There you go. Okay. It's a good movie because of little things like that. Mm. For scripts, he'd say the word kill twice. I'll get your coffee. <laughs> Sweeten it and stir it. Ten thousand dollars. I'm trying to think of things that I uh, things that I quote from Jaws and, and other than he mangling. quotes the shark a lot. I do, yeah. I quote I quote the mayor a lot. Like, it just like I'm con- amity, as you know, means friendship. I don't. <laughs> actually, I can't help it. Like ringing the dinner bell on the Fourth of July. <laughs> There's I a always- ton of them. <laughs> Yeah, I always I, I find myself like when I'm on the beach and I see a guy with a dog, I'm like I want to call the I want to like call out for Tippet, Pippet, and like Tippet, Tippet, Pip, it's Pippet, Pippet. Have you oh. seen this movie? I've seen it. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> What's funny is that Pippet is sort of the Chewbacca and the metal of this whole thing. No one seems to give him any credit. He was eaten. That's true. Wait, when does the dog get eaten? Right before the, the, Alex Kittner. The stick, oh, right, the right, stick, right. like washes up on the shore, right? Yeah, right. he's the he's the he's the canary in the coal mine. Mm. That's, That's when all the miners run out the ocean. Yeah, screaming shark, shark. <laughs> that I there was a, it was a bad place for a uh, for a uh, coal operation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a, that was a subplot they dropped. Right. Yeah, because they dug right into the shark's natural yeah. habitat. 
Mm-hmm. That was that was the whole thing is that they didn't want to up they didn't want to upset the coal mining operations so they wouldn't <laughs> off the shark thing. It would it would have fouled the coal. <laughs> exactly. Now now when I was when I was reading up on on some stuff like you know behind the scenes stuff and production work, I was I was looking at some of the casting like choices like people they wanted to have before. And I mean, yeah, there's some really well-known names like uh, Robert Duvall wanted to be, you know, Quint. And they were looking at Charlton Heston to be Brody. And I'm just like, I can't picture any other actor in those roles. Yeah, Lee Marvin turned it down. He he was offered Quint and turned it down. Oh, it's Quint. Oh. Yeah. Well, I can, well. He said he was a fisherman. And he said if he makes a, a movie like this, all his fishing buddies will tease him. <laughs> So that was the reason he wouldn't do Jaws. Wow. See that? Uh, yeah. Every every one of those changes would make a different movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's one of those perfect storms. I mean, like, I, at least the three, the triumvirate, the three main actors would have had to have been all. I can't imagine them any different. I, I, th- I bet you could. I bet you could swap out Dreyfus for somebody. Really? I don't know. I don't know. Who, was there anybody else? Uh, Adam, do you have info on who else they were looking at for him? Or is it was that just... Was that just a Richard Dreyfuss role off the bat? I think I think Spielberg had seen him in something and was like, "I want him for that," um, but I it's could a, be completely it's wrong. It's a weird choice, though, because because the fact that he's supposed to be come from sort of an upscale sort of island community, and instead, like he comes off as he's he's a he's a Jewy kid from New York. Yeah, and and like those kind of things don't necessarily jibe with each other, and it makes a really interesting dynamic in the movie because of Quint's uh, anti-Semitism, obviously. <laughs> but uh, it kind of, it kind of, it's a little weird. Hmm. Oh, whoa! Apparently, uh, Spielberg wanted John Voight for Hooper, and then uh, <laughs> Jeff Bridges, Timothy Bottoms, and Joel Gray were also considered. And it was Lucas who suggested Richard Dreyfuss. Huh. Wow. Right, because of graffiti. Yep. I just referred to it by one name, like I'm friends with the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Joel Gray, Timothy Bottoms, who's the other one? Jeff Bridges, uh, the dude. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges? I would love to see that. Wow. You tell me you wouldn't want to see that. Oh, yeah, I know. Young Jeff Bridges, man. Well, the thing, I mean, I think the thing that works for, for the thing that makes Dreyfus work is that he's clearly got a chip on his shoulder and he's worried that he's not being taken seriously by these other people because he wasn't being taken seriously by Shaw, Shaw the whole time. And that, I, I don't know if Shaw was just a jerk or if he was that brilliant hmm. to needle at him the entire time so that it came out, came across on screen. Which doesn't actually say that much for Dreyfus's acting. <laughs> no because his, his annoyance with the man is palpable. Yeah. Like, we're just going to put you on a boat for several hours a day with somebody who hates you. Try to act like you're on a boat with somebody who hates you. (laughs) Brilliant! Uh, I like that, uh, what is it, uh, is it Brian Singer's production company that's called uh, Bad Hat Harry? Bad Hat Harry. He's huge. Yeah. yeah. I like that, it, like, you'll just notice that, like, among filmmakers, this is, like, their thing. Yeah. Just, oh, like, you'll see a lot of people, I think, uh, I said filmmaker, but Kevin Smith is, um, <laughs> like, he's, he's, like, all of his movies have Jaws stuff in them. It's funny, because people make much more about the Star Wars references in them, but there's, you know, there's a whole scene that he does. I think in Chasing Amy, they do the whole uh, uh, scar scene. Right. 
Uh, there's a ton of that stuff because it's just it's. I think it's one of those movies that 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 like hits for cinephiles, but at the same was, time, it's incredibly like commercial and palatable and good. It's all those things at once. I was at a interview with George Romero when one of the you know, uh, I think it was diary of the dead was coming out and, you know, they get a room full of horror bloggers together and, uh, people ask questions and inevitably somebody's always going to say like, so what do you think about some of the modern day horror? Cause they want the headline where it's like, Oh, George Romero slams Eli Roth. You know, they, they want that. They're, they're egging for that. They're like, what horror films do you like? And he said, I don't watch modern day horror movies. He's like, I'll just watch Jaws over and over. He's like, I just, I just love the editing in Jaws. And he's like, I just study Jaws. And I believe it. I believe that's not like a top out answer. I totally believe it. There are film guys who just love Jaws. And I'm not even a filmmaker, and I study Jaws. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's no there's no real moment like in that movie that you you want to fast forward through. There's no lull. Like nope. like yeah, there's all these hits now that every once in a while there's like 20 minutes of the movie that I don't need to see. Like it's just either rehash yeah. or just like killing time. In it's Jaws, not- it's also well placed. I feel it, it's funny because it's not a. It's not a really long movie, but it it doesn't feel you know it I don't know it feels bigger than it is I think because mm-hmm. of that like because everything in it it doesn't necessarily go by really fast or anything but everything in it matters and belongs and is interesting you're right there's no dead weight and she you know she won a, a, an Academy Award for editing it so yeah I mean a lot of stuff happens in the movie and it's not a lot of stuff happens in the way like oh and then these guys fight and then they roll down a hill and then they blow up the building blows up it's like things that actually happen like characters interact you know the plot moves forward and the plot keeps moving and it goes and it goes a lot of different places yeah but it's always linear and we and you know that's still thing where we don't see the shark until 57 minutes or something like that because it's not about that right in a way it's just it's all those reasons that like yeah, I, I feel like we'll never see a movie like this mm-hmm. now which is which is fine because we have it <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't need more. Uh, I I have my movie. It's great. Yeah. Have you guys Have you guys seen Creature from the Black Lagoon? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I remember. I I only saw that a few years ago, and I'm like, oh my god, it's a shot from Jaws. <laughs> like, like, Jaws might not have been as impressive. Had Is it I the Zoom Creature from the Black Lagoon? Thing? It's, I mean, it's just the. Uh, no, it's not that that Hitchcock. It's right. not that oh, Hitchcock yeah, no, that's on the right. beach. It's it's more of just like the. The underwater shots and how they how they follow things, or the creature's point of view, and stuff about the boat and the water. Um, yeah, you see you see so much of Jaws in it, and the relationships, and the pacing, and the uh, it's it's great for anybody listening who hasn't seen it. Check out the original Creature from the Black Lagoon. I will do that. It's well, you know, that's interesting because we we're you know we we're talking about how young Spielberg was. Like it, you know, if you're that age, of course you're going to be cribbing a lot of stuff. Oh, I'm not saying he stole yeah. anything from it. No, and, and it's not even a bad way. That's just that's film quoting. That's well, a normal but, thing that happens. But but I but I also feel like it's it's something that makes a movie powerful is when you say like, oh my god, I've never seen anything like this before, mm-hmm. and and then it you know it's it's all about the order in which you see something. Sure. No, that's absolutely true. But you know, he was a he was a film geek. He was you know he watched all that stuff just like Scorsese yeah. was. Yeah, maybe that's why Jaws three was in three D because they were like, well, Creature was in three D. Well, that was uh, Joe Dante was going to remake, or no, uh, jo- John Landis was going to remake uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon in 3D, and Universal owned it. And um, National Lampoon was going to do a comedy called Jaws Three People Zero, and they were saying it's it's like Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. It's like you got the guy who made Animal House who's going to make a Jaws sequel, and it's going to be a Jaws comedy. It's how we'll keep the franchise alive. 
And then somebody at Universal said, why are we making Creature from the Black Lagoon in 3D when we could just make Jaws in 3D and that's how we'll keep Jaws alive? Hmm. Mm-hmm. And Joe Dante was going to direct uh, Jaws 3 People Zero. That's what it was called. And it was, that would have been was great. Script by, script by John Hughes. Wow. I would have paid to see that. I know, like that's like we're before, like that's a way that you could do a sequel that that would have been fine. Well, that, right, that's so. like that's like Gremlins too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of like Return of the Living Dead, where it's like having a dialogue with the Night of the Living Dead movies. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing. In so many of the in so many of the shark knockoffs, like how many of them are like aware of Jaws? There's a movie called Blood Beach, and in it, uh, John Saxon plays like a police lieutenant, and and he says at a press conference, he says. Just when you thought it was safe to get back in the water, you can't get there. And it's like, wait, in this world, do they know there's a movie called Jaws 2 that uses that as a tagline? Or is this just a weird coincidence? Like, I'm always curious in films how much they know about other movies. They've seen Jaws and they still won't cancel the parade? What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) It's always got to be that guy, though. Have you ever seen um, Piranha 3D? I have not. That's very Jaws aware. Because it's kind of like a horror comedy slasher thing. But like it, that, that's literally – got the reason that I went to see it was because the trailer shows Richard Dreyfuss like fishing from a, a little boat in a pond. <laughs> and I was – and like he's clearly supposed to be Hooper. Hmm. Right. And I was like, that's enough that I'm going to go. Because <laughs> it's, not, it's not a sequel. It's just – it's a thing. And also uh, Christopher Lloyd is a crazy mad scientist in it. So it's got both of those things going for it plus boobs. That's a lot going for it. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a great movie, but it does it does clearly respect uh, the Jaws uh, that came before it. I will have to uh, take a look at that. But don't blame me, because, again... <laughs> now, Kevin, what do you think is the best uh, kind of Jaws ripoff? The, the, in the wake of Jaws, to, I, to borrow a, a... Nice work. A, yeah. I, I saw the uh, Netflix was streaming Orca the Killer Whale, and it's I a love really Orca. well-made film. Really well-made film. And, I mean, it's, it's definitely capitalizing on the popularity of Jaws, but it works as its own film. I mean, it borrows from the Jaws mania, certainly. But uh, it's a really well-made film. How long after? What year was that? Uh, 77. Oh, so really right, right away. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's literally the name of the boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember the, the ad for Orca was on the back of all the comic books. Comic books, yeah. yeah. Whatever comics I had from that era, like all had the Orca ad, it seemed. What's the um, what's the is like is it the same thing or is it actually a different Oh, it's a very different scenes? movie. It's it's, it's, very... it's got a story. You feel I root for the whale when I see that. Yeah, they really make it a sympathetic film that a, a a guy, a fisherman played by Richard Harris. And here's the thing, what what I think is fantastic is you you see both it plays out in a couple of different ways like after Jaws was a success, you could get uh Henry Fonda and Shelley Winters to star in a movie called Tentacles. <laughs> about a giant octopus because you can tell people would say this is going to be the next jaws you should do this and they're like sign me up but um but there's a really fantastic cast um richard harris plays the fisherman in orca the killer whale richard uh, harris could have could like richard harris and, and uh, robert shaw are like basically con- irish contemporaries <laughs> you yeah. could almost interchange them <laughs> could robert shaw play dumbledore no because he was already dead <laughs> That is a badass Dumbledore. I would love to see that Dumbledore <laughs> scratching, scratching the nails on the chalkboard. Right. <laughs> Y'all know wizards. <laughs> Richard Harris is a, a fisherman who kills. There's a really disgusting scene of like a, a dead baby whale, and then um, 
he he kills a whale. He does wrong by the ocean. He does wrong yeah. by nature. So the whale does take it personally and tries to get revenge on him and engages in psychological warfare, terrorizes the town. The town turns their back on Richard Harris. They're pissed off at him because he brought all this among the town. Um, Keenan Wynn is in it. Charlotte Rampling. Uh, Will Sampson, you know, the, uh, the big chief from, from uh, One Full Over the Cuckoo's Nest or, or Poltergeist 2. Really fantastic cast. And I think that's the thing. It's like, it's like Jaws. You know, you have, you have a lot of craftsmen and, and really good people who are taking a genre movie seriously. Um, and it's also very much a, a story about revenge and how bad revenge can be. It, in some ways, it has more in common with Moby Dick. Yeah. Uh, the thing I love about Orca is that, yeah, like, in the beginning, this whale gets wrong because his mate gets killed and, you know, she she loses the baby. The baby dies. So he gets his revenge. You know, he's doing his thing. And the best the, word, the thing is, right before that happened, he had, like, saved one of the guys. Like, he killed a great white shark. For all purposes, let's just name the whale Orca. <laughs> so Orca kills this uh, great white shark. He loses his woman and his baby. He gets all his revenge. And then at the end, he swims away. He's just like, I did what I had to do. See you guys later. Like, he leaves Bo Derek alive. Right? Or no, not Bo Derek. Who? Was Bo Derek the woman? Bo Derek is in it. She gets her, this is a spoiler. Uh, Bo Derek's leg gets bitten off by the whale. Yeah. Wow. But then Why he, are these people going in the water? Because as long as they don't go in the water, they're cool. Do you really want to? She doesn't go in the water. The, the whale wrecks the house, which is right. right on the edge of the water, and collapses the house so it starts to sink into the sea. And as she's dangling with her legs going into the water, whale comes up and bites her leg off. Yep. Wow. That's so awesome. No matter what, you're not safe. No. Well, to be fair, they're living directly. They're taunting it <laughs> yeah. by living in the, like, if you know, they lived literally 50 feet inland. Yeah. They're good. Well, with with Jaws, there was a big. There was supposed to be more, uh, like Moby Dick overtones. Like uh, there was going to be a scene with Quint in the theater watching Moby right, Dick, and just right. laughing, but they couldn't secure the rights. Uh, and in the book, apparently, he dies the same way. Like he gets like, you know, like a harpoon tied around his ankle and like gets dragged that, to his death. That wasn't public domain. No, Gregory Peck actually owned the rights. Well, huh. well look at you, Gregory Peck. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I want to go back to Orca, though. That's another thing that happens is, you know, in the beginning, in the first few minutes of Orca, they show that uh, the Orca kills a great white shark. And I always think that's the filmmaker being like, screw you, Spielberg. Screw you, Jaws. My movie's bigger than you and better than you. <laughs> you know a, they uh, said that in the staff meeting. Yeah. There's a 1976 movie called Ape about a giant ape, and it's a King Kong ripoff. And it was made – it was a uh, – I think it was one of the first U.S.-Korean collaborations. And in the first 10 minutes of the movie, the giant gorilla fights a great white shark and rips it apart. And it's How like that they go look? out of their way. They go out of their way to have these gratuitous great white sharks that they kill as, <laughs> as to symbolically say, take that, Jaws. <laughs> well, I like that it was so unoriginal that several movies did it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised and, it wasn't um, in Titanic. But <laughs> I wish. Um, I remember there was footage of one in your Kevin Geeks Out series where there's like a zombie fighting a shark. Oh, right. That's just a gratuitous, because uh, in the late 70s, there would there, there would be some movies that they would just go on a whole hog. You know, they would do Tintorera or they would do, you know, Barracuda and they would do, you know, these beat for beat kind of Jaws ripoffs. But one of the things I love is 
when there would just be like a shark cameo that has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. And uh, Fulci's zombie has a great scene where a woman goes, uh, it's a zombie movie, but a woman goes uh, scuba diving and there's a zombie in the water. What does she see first? She sees the shark first and then she sees a zombie and then the zombie and the shark fight each other. It's a really fantastic scene. <laughs> it was later used in like a some kind of TV commercial. Like it, it hmm. was a commercial for televisions, but they redubbed it and they made it sound like it was like a, a nature documentary showing a zombie and a shark fighting each other. But yeah, uh-huh. there's tons, tons of great shark cameos. I want a shark to cameo in like a, like a, like a motorcycle movie. Like just <laughs> ride by on a motorcycle, like nod its head and then keep going and everyone treats it as normal. It would be Has, like the, uh, what was it, Christy Brinkley or whatever in, uh, in National Lampoon's Vacation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just every once in a while, the shark would just drive up in a, in, a, in a fancy car and nod and then keep going. Totally. Has there been a good modern shark movie? Huh. I mean, like, is Deep Blue Sea the closest that gets? Good I being. Think it might be. Relative, but it's, it's not awful. In it's terms watchable. of being watchable. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. Um, I had high hopes for open water, but but that didn't that didn't work out. There's a movie from '96 called Atonk, and it is a Bollywood shark movie. Uh, and again, it's one of those interesting things that it it looks almost like a '70s movie, but it's just that it's it's Bollywood. Um, and they rip off Jaws in a tons of in a in a ton of ways. But one of the things I love about it is they really up the stakes in the big shark scene, the big first shark scene, which is. It's the wedding day of a man and a woman, and there's all this you know, drinking and dancing and partying. They, they run out of the reception hall. She, in her wedding dress, goes swimming to celebrate. The man passes out drunk. It's exactly the opening scene of Jaws. And then the bride, on her wedding day, gets eaten by the shark. And the, wow. man, the man vows revenge. And I was like, wow, I actually think for a ripoff, you kind of upped Jaws that you gave a guy a much more emotional like reason to go after that shark. I thought wow. that was kind of fantastic. What's and again, funny, that, though, might is... be, okay. that might be one of the last like non-CGI shark movies we'll see. That it's, it's a practical Bollywood shark. So, you know, it's like a cheap-looking puppet. But, uh, but it's still... I, I still find that stuff just always really great to look at compared to some of the CGI stuff. See, I always like that Brody is reluctant about it. Like he's like he's like I have to do this because it's my job, and he knows it's the right thing to do, but he doesn't. He doesn't want to be on the boat. He doesn't want. He doesn't. He's shooting his gun at the shark. He has no idea what he's doing. Yeah, he's. I I like that. I, I mean, that's the Everman quality. That's the thing that like he's way out of his depth. That pun. It's hard not to do shark puns. It is. It's it's almost impossible. Uh, I got another good recent one. Did you guys see? And um, now it's ten years old. Open water. Oh, that's the one that. Uh that you don't like, right, Josh? Yeah, I don't like. I remember. I remember going to see that in the theater, and by the end, being I don't even. Like, I don't. It, I've like banished it from my head, but not not liking it. But I would listen to your case for it. I'm. I'm just. I. I'm not going to make a case for it being a great movie. I'll say it's better than Red Water or Sea of Fear. You know, <laughs> compared I, I think, to the sci-fi original movies that we're getting, I thought. I thought it was. It was high concept and it had a lot going for it. And I th- I think the concept was really strong, which is why I was excited about it because it's it's let's let's change the perspective. Let's take that Blair Witch sort of like like let's make it as real as possible. Let's try to get this idea of you're really stuck there and it's really it's really a thing that's happening. Is it a good idea? I just remember being really bored by it, I think. Just 
Yeah, I, I think mean, that's it's a the low way to budget go. movie with a lot of downtime. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. So, anybody have any last uh, one last quick thing they wanted to say? Oh, I think I've talked enough. Uh, Kevin, you got anything coming up? Yeah. Can I get a plug in? Absolutely. Do it up. Uh, my next show is going to be Kevin Geeks Out, all about evil at the Alamo Draft House in Yonkers. It's going to be on October nineteenth. Evil clowns, evil computers, evil rock bands. They're all going to be there. It's going to be a clip show looking at some of the weirdest evil characters in film and television. Wow. That's so, awesome. Is there, is there like a website or something people can... Uh... Drafthouse.com or, or just on Twitter. It's at Kevin Geeks Out. And uh, I'll be posting lots of promotional stuff for it. <laughs> cool, cool. I will minorly plug then. Uh, you can listen to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast every Sunday. Uh, talking about the comics of the week uh, as we have done low these many ages. I can get down with that. At ifanboy.com Alright, so that was part two, the, the, the culmination, the, the conclusion of our talk about Jaws. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. We want to thank Anthony and Josh and Kevin for, I want to say for coming back, but they didn't come back. They, we just did that all in one session. Don't ruin the magic. Sorry. That was, they came back, they sludged, sludged? Trudged all the way over here? I don't know. Sure. Why not? So you can check out Josh every week on the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. And if you're uh, in the New York area and want to check out Kevin Geeks Out All About Evil, uh, that's going to be on October 19th at the Alamo Draft House out in Yonkers. If you're there, look for me and Pete. Probably have no idea what we look like, but uh, say hi. Yeah, just walk up to anybody who looks like a nerd or a geek or a dork and say hi. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be a good social experiment. Here's a hint. One of us is pale and one of us is tan. I wouldn't say you're pale. <laughs> All right. So that's, uh, that's it for this week. We'll be back next week. And every week, with some more nerdy, geeky dorkiness. We're doing weekly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, see you. Bye. Well, silly, naked, drunk girl got very drunk and then went swimming. And got eaten. The Kintner boy didn't get naked or drunk, but he went swimming and got eaten too. The island of Amity is sure in trouble because it appears they have a Carcaridon Carcarius problem. A what? That means great white shark in another language. Well, the mayor was an asshole. He wouldn't close the beaches, but Chief Brody insisted that they close. So the townsfolk called a meeting and decided to pay a reward to whoever could catch the big fish and make it dead. So along came Quinn. He was a crazy salty sea dog for a whole ten grand. He would bring the beast down. But this wouldn't be like going down to the pond and fishing for bluegills or tommy cods. So he was gonna need some extra help. That's when Brody stood up and said he'd tag along. Watch your bar! He'd even bring his shark mad mate. His name was Matt Hooper. So the three men set sail for the ocean and they would catch the bad fish. They'd kill it and bring back the whole thing. The head, the tail, the whole damn thing. 
this once and for all so Brody backed up as the shark came crashing through the boat he grabbed a nearby air tank and he shoved it down his throat the shark it swam away but then it came back to eat Brody's face then he had a gun he was ready to blow the fucking shark into space so here we our final scene, Brody's up the sinking mast His gun is trained on the oncoming shark He better start shooting fast What will he do with the reward money? Ten grand, oh he'll be rich So he cocked the gun, he pulled the trigger Smile you son of a bitch The shark exploded And Brody started singing Farewell attitude to their Spanish ladies Farewell attitude Ladies of Spain, for we've received orders for to sail back to Boston, and so never more shall we see you again. So in the end it turned out that Hooper was okay. He and Brody swam to shore and I went, no, it was a Tuesday. Amity will never be. Quite the same again Until some French fucker makes Jaws 2 But it's okay He'll burn in donkey hell Maybe I'll go watch Police Academy while eating a burrito. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, do it for us dads, man. <laughs> <laughs>